Welcome to Tech Down, the weekly podcast discussing technology and other nerd-related topics. I'm Adam Comp, joined as always by my brother Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing this week, man? Hey, I'm doing uh, pretty good. How about you? I'm doing pretty good as well. Anything fun going on in your neck of the woods? Fun. Um, it was kind of a eventful weekend. So as you know, it was our younger brother Alexander's graduation from high school, which was uh, pretty pretty awesome, actually. Um, there's only two more comp children who we have uh, left to make it through the system. So that was fun, going over to mom's house, getting it all uh, spruced up the weekend before, and then I was in charge of getting a keg for the party. I was on booze patrol, so I kind of overdid it and got maybe twice as much keg as I should have, so it's going to continue to be a fun uh, week. But also, Oh, you got to take that home with you? Well... I have to. I don't. I haven't yet, so we'll see how good it ends up being. But I'm definitely not going to waste the rest. Um, and then also on not so fun uh, on on the not so fun side of things, I also had a pretty substantial power outage while my brother's graduation was going on. So from like three o'clock on Saturday on Saturday to like one o'clock on Sunday, the power was just completely out, which actually kind of worked out okay because Mary Beth and I were over at mom's we I think we left at like 2 30 or 3 and the power went out like 3 or 3 30 so it worked out pretty well and then we got home like midnight and we're like oh the power's out oh and, it, and it's been out for like nine hours so we should probably throw stuff out of the fridge so that's what we ended up doing and that was kind of a drag and um and, and luckily it was kind of rainy and not like scorching hot like it is today so no no real harm, but kind of a annoyance this weekend. So we haven't talked about it, but it's really interesting that your power went out at 3, because Cindy and I also had a power outage on Saturday, but it was from like 8 in the morning until about 4 in the afternoon. So we were just sitting around <laughs> in the heat, I don't know, just kind of napping and playing with the newborn for a while until we had to go to the graduation party. And then, and then we threw out all of our food. Also, oh really? Your fridge was uh down for down for the count too. Did you have a lot of stuff in there? Well, so it was actually a topic of conversation. Uh, I'm I'm pretty brave about what I'll eat, and so I didn't really want to throw out too much other than like I don't know yogurt and uh, maybe some meat products. But like the orange juice, like that should be okay, right? Yeah, it's pasteurized. That's not going to kill me. And the milk, too. The milk is pasteurized. That should be fine. And the sour cream. That's got pasteurization in it. It's already sour. How are you going to tell? Yeah, right? Uh, So, yeah. I, hopefully I throw out all the right stuff. I don't know. You think this is what people listen listen to? Should we do the intro again and mention how every once in a while the podcast is about food safety? And what constitutes spoilage. And and bringing together families to celebrate achievements of yeah. loved ones. Yeah. Uh, so you got Labatt, Labatt Blue, is that right, for that, the keg? That's right. And what'd you get, like 50 gallons of it? Yeah, approximately. I got a half keg, which I, I don't know why they call it half, because that is literally the largest size keg I've ever seen. I used to work at a grocery store, and that that's the size keg I got used to, so I would... I don't know what kind of party calls for a full-size keg, but yeah, I got a half-size. 
And what else is really funny is it was a high school graduation where, like, our brother isn't old enough to drink and none of our friend, his friends are old enough to drink. So, I don't know, man. You just, we, we tend to drink a lot when our family gets together. So I could see how you could get 50 gallons. Yeah, my mistake. But I kind of think that the Labatt Blue is the part that is unforgivable, though. Oh, yeah? So you did not partake, huh? I, yeah, I did not, actually. I I had my son, and I always had half an eye on him, so I actually didn't have time to drink at all while I was at the party. Oh, uh, so then I guess, uh, I guess it didn't really end up mattering that much that it was Labatt, huh? You didn't end up tapping into it anyway. Yeah, I guess not. I still gotta give you shit for it, though. Yeah, it's all right. I will take that, because I have no shame. <laughs> uh okay good so i also i watched mad max over the weekend and i'm still kind of jazzed about it have you seen mad max yet no no everyone tells me how awesome it is that's like a 90 minute chase scene but i still need to see it myself you know it was awesome but it was not uh actually the spiritual successor to mad men um so i was a little confused going into it for about half the movie, I couldn't couldn't figure out when they would get to Don Draper. Oh, huh. Okay. See, I thought it was about that new dog movie, Max. It's un- unrelated to that, too? Yeah, I guess it's like a, uh, a Mel Gibson spinoff. Like, there used to be Mel Gibson walking around, and they made a movie about that. I don't know. I know none of it, none of that is true, but D- did you ever see any of the original Mad Max movies? Because I I have not seen any of them, and I'm wondering if I should watch them all or just catch a couple of them before I see the new one. I've heard that they are nowhere near as good as the new movie, so you can just start there. Uh, I've actually not seen the old Mad Maxes. You know, while we're on this subject, it reminds me, Mary Beth and I went to go see Jurassic World a couple weekends back, which I may have mentioned on the podcast, I don't recall. But after we watched Jurassic World, we actually went ahead and rented Jurassic Park so Mary Beth could see it for the first time. So she is actually the only person that I've talked to who has saw Jurassic World before Jurassic Park, which is an interesting perspective. What did she think? Of which one? Just of either, of going in this order. What did she have to say about the movies? So she seemed to really like Jurassic World. There were a few, like, thrilling moments, you know, not not scary at all, but kind of jumpy or like, you know, I don't know how they're going to get out of this one. And, like, she, you know, I could tell it had her hook, line, or sinker. She's, like, totally, you know, squeaking in her seat. It's like the dinosaurs coming in. So I, I feel like she was totally feeling Jurassic World. And then it was her idea to rent Jurassic Park, so we went ahead and did that. She was like, yeah, dinosaurs, give me more of those. Yeah, more of that. Um, And so we checked that out, rented it on iTunes, and I was really, um, I really enjoyed it because I've seen Jurassic Park a few times now, and it was cool picking up on the things I hadn't noticed before, Um, but I was really interested to see Mary Beth's impression. And by and large, I think... I think she really enjoyed it. Um, there were a few noticeable, like, not not anything egregious, but a few noticeably hokey dinosaur scenes where it's, like, early 90s CG still, not, like, one of the, 
what would you call it like a centerpiece you know example of uh cgi that they could like use in a trailer it's funny because what what you keep hearing from people is that the new jurassic park the special effects are nowhere near as good as the old jurassic park that was made 20 years ago and what you're saying is it seems like the cgi doesn't hasn't really aged as well as people tend to remember you know, it's funny about that movie is how much of it was practical effects. So overall, the movie aged pretty gracefully, and right. a lot of those dinosaur scenes really hold up. Even a few of the CG scenes, they they appeared to spend a little more time on, or like I said, you know, they were expecting it to be in the trailer, so it had to look badass. Um, but there were a few scenes that just like, not like they're half-assed or anything like that. It's just you know, twenty-five years later, they don't uh, look quite the same i I know what you're saying though about modern movies not quite i don't know there's something off about the cg right i watched an interesting clip recently that just kind of made the case that it's how unnatural feeling everything is like the background cg and the foreground cg and everything in it cg so your brain doesn't like register it as a real thing whereas back in the day like you had a real background and then a cg creature in the middle so even though the creature itself didn't look that great you kind of had a frame of reference for everything else and it kind of tricked your brain into thinking it was more believable kind of kind of weird because i think avatar looks really good but it is one of those completely foreign experiences where it's like out of this world i've never seen anything like this so that might be one of those cases where it slips by this sort of realism filter of your brain because you have no context uh or understanding of what the things you're seeing are but hmm. i know what a, a C, or what a plant is so when you create a cg version of that i could kind of tell the difference a little bit gotcha hmm. that's interesting i have not seen the new jurassic world um and neither has my wife but she also has never seen the original jurassic park so maybe what we should do for science is have her watch the original Jurassic Park and then Jurassic World and then our wives slash fiancés can compare notes and see how it impacted their opinion of the two movies. Oh man, that that's a really cool uh a really cool experiment. And then yep. maybe a great opportunity to have both of them on as a co host too. Oh my gosh. We we've teased it before. That would be so fucking fun. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm swearing. I'm just so excited. It's all right. There's no children who listen to this. <laughs> um. So you don't listen to reconcilable differences, right? Um. So you're referring to the Relay FM podcast hosted by Merlin Mann and John Syracuse, right? Actually, on your recommendation, I started listening to that. So I am, I think, two and a half episodes through. I don't know oh, how yeah? many there are, but. I think that they have three, and on the most recent one, they actually, I don't even know what the podcast is about. It's just the two of them talking, and they both have interesting thoughts. Um, But their last podcast was really interesting. They spent half of it talking about Fight Club. Is that the one? Yes, that's the part that I'm at. They're they're talking about Fight Club and the comic and stuff. Yeah, and then the other half they spend talking about sports and i just thought that it was really interesting hearing two people talk about fight club for like an hour hour and a half something like that um especially those two guys but i was really surprised that uh merlin's takeaway was that he dislikes fight club because of uh 
And I don't know. I don't know how much we want to talk about this. But he dislikes it because he dislikes Fight Club fans, basically. Yes. I believe it's a old Dalai Lama quote. I like your Christ. I don't like your Christians. Yes, exactly. Um, but then John Syracuse had like a, a takeaway from the movie. He was like, oh, yeah, the major takeaway from the movie was blah, 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 blah. And most people don't get that. And they're all idiots. Uh, which is basically the major theme of the movie that they make seem very appealing for like two thirds of it is actually the opinions of a crazy person. And if you believe these things and you are a crazy person also, and he's like, it's clear as day and it drives me crazy how nobody gets that. Um, which was, I don't, I don't know. Like, one of my favorite things about Fight Club is kind of those non-materialistic and nihilistic philosophy things, and I just think that the protagonist takes it a little bit too far. Oh, you think it's a pendulum, and that they had the right ideas, but they swung it too far? Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the, not that these are terrible ideas, just that you can take them too far. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's a really interesting podcast, if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh and you are listening to this podcast, I would definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, that is interesting, and especially because I know that Fight Club is one of your all-time favorite movies, so I, I'm i always interested to hear like any any varying opinions or what, what kind of piqued your interest. We both really uh, like John Syracuse and the shows he's on, so we both hold his opinion pretty highly. Yeah. I think it's... I, I think it's interesting or weird to dismiss the entire movie or all the people who subscribe to those, you know, types of anti-conformist beliefs. Um, Because there's extremists in any type of religion or belief or anything like that. There are those types who will take it too far, but that doesn't doesn't mean that the entire bunch is bad or anything like that. No, no one's advocating for people to go out and, you know, fight other men, but. I think there's something too, like not not describing your self worth as the things you own. I think there's something valid to that. Exactly. Yeah, and that was my main takeaway from the movie, and it really impacted me uh, in my formative high school, college years. Is that is that kind of thought process? Um, and then getting back to not liking something because of the fans. Uh, I do kind of get where Merlin is coming from because that's exactly how I feel about Dave Matthews band. Uh, I feel like Dave Matthews band is a just fine band and they have some good songs and every once in a while I will listen to Dave Matthews, but I really can't stand Dave Matthews band fans who they like, they feel like Dave Matthews is the best band in the universe and that's all the music that they listen to. And so that kind of pulls down my entire opinion of the Dave Matthews Band. Hmm. Yeah, definitely a, uh interesting topic. A lot of people have fiercely held opinions about the uh, DMB. I actually haven't listened to much of any of uh, Dave's stuff, probably just some singles I'd recognize. So no, no real opinion there. Do you have anything that you feel that way about where you you like something but the fans really detract from the experience anything that comes to mind no hmm hmm just an easygoing person just love everyone and everything 
I mean, there's there's aspects of that. I think sometimes like the comment section of articles on the internet can be kind of like a bummer and maybe not uh not productive criticism or feedback to like what they're discussing and occasionally I have a take it or leave it attitude about that. Yeah, like YouTube, right? Oh yeah, YouTube, definitely. YouTube can be pretty great, but the comments and the users of YouTube uh, can be somewhat terrible. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. And it's hard for me to um, come to their defense, of course, because YouTube uh, comment section is like the worst place on the internet besides 4chan. But I I kind of would hesitate to shelter myself away from experiences or things that I don't like just because I don't like them. Like, I kind of want to... It's weird, but I am I am the type of person to kind of like hate follow people on Twitter or on uh, oh, Facebook man. where it's like, oh, every post this person makes on Facebook makes me so angry. And that's why I follow them. It's not that I want to engage or change their points of view. It's that I uh, I enjoy the different opinions. And sometimes it is like I have to take a step back and be like, how can you actually feel this way about certain things? Like it just doesn't click with my mental model and my brain. But, you know, it's good to push the boundaries of yourself like that and kind of experience those um, points of view that don't gel with yours so well. I totally agree with what you're saying, but I just can't do it. I've got to the point where that sort of thing just gives me an aneurysm whenever I see it, especially this past week. Like, if you hate follow people on Twitter or if you spend a significant amount of time on Facebook, uh, last week we had... Um, I want to phrase this correctly. It was gay marriage bans were abolished across the entire country, which basically legalizes gay marriage for every single state. Right. Yep. So if you hate follow people who don't think that that was a good decision or you are Facebook friends with people who don't really agree with that, uh, could have been a, a tough week for you. But so I, out of morbid curiosity, sought out a little bit of that. And it just kind of drove me insane looking at some of the hate-fueled opinions and uninformed opinions that people have. So kudos to you. I, I just, I don't have the maturity level to handle that in my life right now. Yeah. And I actually wonder if maybe maturity like plays into it more than you think like maybe the older you get the less you kind of want to seek out those types of not arguments but you know uh, those those points of views that just differ so so much that you do kind of work yourself up into a frenzy and it like maybe negatively affects your health for a second like it spikes your heart rate they challenge you yeah and and it's never like this is where I'm coming from. I when I when I say these things, it's not because I want to become the thing I hate or anything like that. It's more um once once again going back to John Syracuse, like he made a really big impact on me over the past year or so by um by me taking his suggestion that males on Twitter follow females um and just kind of like see what they have to deal with on a daily basis and the things they post about and the things that they say. And like, um, it's something that if you 
if you aren't careful, you could accidentally shield yourself away from it just because you don't follow these types of people typically. And so like Space Cat Girl, uh, Brianna Wu is on Twitter, and I didn't follow her before John Syracuse recommended uh, following her Twitter, so I did that. And it's been kind of shocking, like the the noticeable things that I found myself doing and seeing other people's do that are just you know inherently tinged uh, in a way that benefits men and doesn't benefit women. So like before the last year or so, I never gave much thought to like walking behind a woman on the street and just like minding my own business, doing whatever, like never thought, you know, entered my mind that I should be um, thinking about what, what she's thinking. Like, is, is she worried for her safety because there's a stranger behind her? Like, is, would she go a different direction? Like if I was not there. So it's just like very small changes to my behavior I notice and I've made improvements to and like changed the things I say and the sayings I use just because of the things that I come up against daily now on Twitter and I see other people dealing with like like Brianna Wu and it's kind of shocking and I don't want to be that type of person especially not one who takes it to an extreme like if if you say, you know, some kind of comment uh, that you didn't realize was sexist because it's just been a part of your life forever and that's just a saying, like, that's one thing. But willfully, like, continuing to say it, once you find out that, like, oh, you know, I shouldn't say that, calling a group of women girls or uh, calling a group of women guy, you know, hey, how's it going, guys? Like, that's one something I would never have thought twice about before. Now it's, well, I don't want to use that terminology because it skews towards men. And so, I don't know, there's a few things like that. This is the aspect that I really want people to take away. Like, if you um, immerse yourself with views that you don't necessarily agree with or you don't hear that often, it can actually change your behavior for the better. This is actually particularly apt because Brianna Wu was actually in downtown Detroit a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, for self-conf, right? Yeah, did you go to that? No, she was right down the street, and I saw it. I think I was. This, I think this may have coincided with the birth of your baby, because I, I yeah. believe I was on my way to Cedar Point. I was like, Brianna Wu's in Detroit, and I'm not. Right. I would, I would have totally gone to that. So she might have actually been a person who crossed the street while you were walking in the other direction, and you didn't know about it. So it, your example might be particularly apt. I think that we're going to have to devote like an entire podcast uh, to gender roles and issues, especially as they pertain to technology, Uh, because that's that's like a really big topic for us to unwrap. Yeah, it's it's such a huge concept and it's it would take multiple entire episodes of whole podcasts to like get to the bottom of that kind of topic. But I figure just getting that discussion going, you know, it doesn't hurt at all. I think that it is definitely a better thing when you can expose yourself to other people's thoughts and opinions though. Um, I just, at this point in my life, I can't, I can't take it. I need my little bubble. I've got a new son. I can't believe that there's uh, people who have terrible opinions in the world. I know. I know. The more you read at this point, the more you will regret bringing a child into this horrible world. So it's better to just kind of shelter them away from that, build them up to be the best person they can, and just kind of like let them learn that on their own. Yep.
definitely. Um, you didn't get to it in the uh, Reconcilable Differences podcast, but there's also a really good discussion about sports and sports culture that kind of plays into this a little bit that, that we don't have to get into because you didn't hear their arguments, but maybe we can talk about it uh, maybe even off air because I'd be interested to hear what you uh, what your takeaway is from it, especially if you've almost gotten to it in the podcast. All right, I'll have to prioritize that one. I kind of um, I, I started listening to the new the talk show, so I'll I'll have to switch gears. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, you know what? We we talked about topics and we haven't gotten to any of them yet, but I'm still having a, a good job with this. Uh, or I'm having a good time with this conversation. Um, I have started listening to way more podcasts lately. Have we talked about this? No, which is very interesting because if this is your first Tech Down episode, you may not know Adam recently started a new job where he works from home. And I do all of my podcast listening in the car on my ride on your to work commute. and home. Yeah. yeah. So where are you finding the time to listen to all these podcasts? So I don't have a ton of time to listen to podcasts. I just have more and I am continually in podcast debt and I've just made my peace with that. And so I can let some episodes of some cop podcasts accumulate and i just in the back of my mind i say i'll get to that later and the benefit that i reap from that is i get to experience a lot of new and fun podcasts like song exploder have you heard of this no they take like every episode is like 15 20 minutes long and the guy who hosts it has somebody on who's a musician and they will walk you through a song that they wrote in all of the different tracks, like the vocal tracks, the drum tracks, the bass, the lead melody, the harmonies, and kind of talk about what their inspirations were for each of the little parts and at what point in the process it got added. And it is just fascinating. One of the first episodes that I listened to was the guy who did the main theme for Game of Thrones. And it was just so cool to hear about, like, what his influences were and what he was told by the show creators. And and then, so they talk about it and they'll play like isolated little tracks. And then at the end, you get to just listen to the entire song and it's short. And I just, I, I'm obsessed with it. It's really good. How long is each episode? It's like 15, 20 minutes. Oh, that's bite-sized. That is such a cool idea. I'm, I'm yeah. going to have to check that out. It's called Song what? Exploder. Song Exploder. I will uh, add it to the show notes. Cool. Awesome. Yep. Um, so speaking of songs, do you want to talk about one of the topics that we had planned to talk about today? Uh, absolutely. So what's going on this week, Adam? So we've got a big day tomorrow. It is the launch of Apple Music. It's so New Music Tuesday is one of my favorite days of the week, mostly because Spotify puts out a new playlist of a bunch of new music. And I, that's what I listen to for basically Tuesday and Wednesday while I'm coding. And then if any songs really stick out to me, I might listen to the entire album or the artist collection that, that made it. But it all starts with New Music Tuesday. But this New Music Tuesday signifies the launch of Apple Music. And I'm really excited to give that a try. Are you are you excited at all? 
Um, yeah, I'm excited. I did check out like an early version of Apple Music before it, I think it was even called that when it was in the iOS 8.3 betas. So I've, I've been playing around with the app a tiny bit over the last couple months. Um, and I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was a good alternative to Spotify. But I also want to hear what you think is the most exciting parts of this. Is it like, is it like the radio station stuff? So the radio station, I don't think is super exciting. Um, the, I, I also, I mentioned that I listen to New Music Tuesday on Spotify a lot. And while I'm coding, I just have my headphones plugged into my computer and I use the Spotify desktop app to listen. And with Apple Music, I think I'm going to have to use iTunes in order to listen to the, the streams. Is, is that right? Oh, you, yeah, you might have to. That would make me really sad because I hate iTunes and it takes about like five minutes seriously to start up on my machine. Wait, why can't you use your phone for this? I could, but that's just, I would have to alter my workflow, which it it might end up being what I do. Yeah, it sounds like you hate iTunes with a passion, so that might be your best option. Yeah, because they don't have any sort of separate app for Apple Music coming out. As far as I know. Right, right. I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that come out pretty soon, though. Yeah, I, I'm a little surprised that they didn't announce it already. Um, but I'm also very excited that I get to listen to Taylor Swift's album 1989 for the first time. Yes, yeah. We didn't get a chance to really go over it that much uh, last week when we had guest host Mike Dickman on, but Taylor Swift had a very interesting Sunday two weekends ago where um, she she put out an open letter addressed to Apple that really was um, grieving some complaints, um, airing out some complaints about how Apple Music treats artists uh, during the free trial period that Apple offers, which is a three-month period. And that uh, seems fair because they were not paying artists at the time for those uh, downloads or streams, rather, that would be consumed during that free period, that free trial period, which doesn't make a lot of sense. I saw the argument that HBO pays all their actors during the free preview weekend that they put out like twice a year. And I was like, well, yeah, fair enough. And I guess Apple kind of had the same uh, approach to it because this same day or next day, they went ahead and had Eddie Q announce that they will, in a a shocking reversal, they will pay artists um, for streams that occur during the three-month free trial for Apple Music. So does any part of you think that this was a publicity stunt? Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. Everything, everything in this day and age, it could have been done privately. Yeah, if it was. You're so cynical. Yeah, I mean, this is a publicity stunt, like us talking <laughs> about it. Yeah, <laughs> everything that you put out there into the ether is a publicity stunt or attention grab of some kind. Yes, for sure. Yeah, but so, do you think that it was planned from the beginning, though? No, that Taylor Swift. I don't would... think. No, 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 no. Okay. It it was just so, it was such a fast reversal from Apple, as you put it. And they were like, oh, these are, like, you heard about negotiations that were going on behind the scenes for this new streaming service for a while. And then, oh, 
here's WWDC, here's Apple Music, and this is what it's going to do, and it's going to be great, and we're excited about it. And then Taylor Swift is like, yeah, but what about this time? Couldn't you spend a couple hundred million dollars more to pay artists? And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll do that too. Like, it just, I don't know, it just, it seemed so, so fast and just off the cuff. Like, oh yeah, hmm, we'll we'll pay for that as well. You think Apple wanted Taylor Swift to trash talk their new product before it's released? That was their their big marketing uh, ingenious idea? I don't know. I, I don't think I'm buying that one. No? Okay. I'm out, I'm out on an island on this one. I do want to give major props to T-Swizzle, though, for crazy uh, great use of the news cycle. It, I don't know if you're aware of this, Adam, but... Shit does not happen on the weekends. So the fact that she put this letter out on Sunday when literally nothing else was happening and there was nothing else for people to talk about was uh, absolutely genius. So it just kind of like created this self-perpetuating news cycle on Sunday of just about like Taylor Swift talking about Apple Music. Like that was all Twitter would talk about on that Sunday. So I I kind of see what you're saying and it is like maybe a little questionable timing-wise so you're coming around. No, man. I think that Eddie You're on Q, my side now. I think Eddie Q had a fire drill on that Sunday where he like had to run around like crazy. Also, this is, this is one of those... I don't want to talk about this too much because it's a concept I want to read about more. Ben Thompson had an interesting little note that there are money problems and non-money problems where it's like you know some problems you can say oh yeah throw more money at it and it'll take care of it and then some problems you throw more money at it and it gets worse or nothing changes this is one of those rare times where it was a money problem and it's like oh this what's the solution we pay more money okay we're apple we can do that so Hmm. it was like yep yep that sounds great yeah that's a really smart way to frame it anyway my big takeaway is i'm a i'm a big taylor swift fan uh, and I have not listened to her latest album, and I finally get to do that, and I'm very excited about it. Man. Plus, I, I think the Beats 1 radio station stuff, I think that could be really cool. Um, I think that depending on what the UI looks like, it could be a lot of fun and easy to manage your music collections, um, and I'm also very excited about the future of Apple Music. Like, keeping in mind that this is just a version one and thinking about where they can take it from here gets me very excited. I was going to ask if you would cancel Spotify once you start using Apple Music, but I guess you have about three months to make that decision, huh? Yep. So ask me in a financial quarter. Um, You have anything else about Apple Music you want to uh, talk about before it actually uh, premieres, debuts tomorrow? No, I think that pretty much covers it. All right, so something that I wanted to follow up on, we we talked about this a few shows back, and speaking of Spotify, uh, they actually released a new feature a few weeks ago called Spotify Running. When they had a keynote, we went ahead and recapped that, and we talked about this cool thing because we're both reasonably fit. We both go on uh, the occasional walk or jog or run, so having a feature completely dedicated to your music listening experience while you're doing that one activity was intriguing. I actually got a chance to play around with it over the last few weeks. I wanted to give some impressions on it. Awesome. So first off, have you uh, had this feature pushed to your phone yet? Have you actually played around with this at all? 
Yes, I was complaining about it, not being on my phone. I, I went to try it out one day and couldn't find it. And then like a couple days later, I actually got an alert that it was available to me. Um, but still haven't tried it out yet, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Okay, all right. So the interface is drop-dead simple. You open up your side navigation uh, menu in Spotify, and there's a little man running icon along with the label running, and that is what you tap on to get to this new interface. And then once you do that, you're just presented with a big circle, I think, that's basically start. And as you are running, it keeps track of your tempo and your pace. And also you put in some stuff like how tall you are and how much you weigh. And from that, it can sort of determine your um, your stride. And so the ideal goal for uh, Spotify running is that each step you take while you're going is in time with a beat to a song. And this is kind of unnatural to certain uh, BPMs. So Spotify went through uh, and commissioned artists who they liked in different genres to actually create custom brand new songs to fit into these uh, very specific um, tempos just so that it actually like covers an entire or a wide range of those uh, different tempos. So I went ahead, tried it out, went for a run, and overall I was really impressed with how well it worked and also the music selection involved. Now, my taste in music uh, tends to skew a little more towards electronic music uh, more recently, and they had a dubstep-type playlist that you, smart playlist that you could uh, select, so I did that, and it was cool. It seemed to be something that, as you were running, or when you started out, it would choose a first song, and then about halfway or maybe two-thirds of the way through... I would hazard a guess that it kind of intelligently knows when to start swapping through songs. And so after like a chorus or something like that, it would start loading in another song that more accurately um, matched my beats per minute or my run uh, pace at that time. And the transitions themselves were not super, super slick or unnoticeable. Like you can definitely tell as the one song fades into another, but once again, just consistently impressed with the songs that they actually pick or they throw your way, even if they do start repeating themselves on subsequent runs, because you're going to usually not go, you know, have that much difference in your pace between two different runs. Um, and so I, I ended up really enjoying the jams. I thought they were really cool. And the interface to use it was drop dead simple. So I'm, I guess... That's all I have for now until you actually have some uh, hands-on impressions of your own. So I was actually playing around with it a little bit while you were talking, and I saw one of the tracks. Um, I, I couldn't listen to it, but it looks like you can actually choose your beats per minute, um, which makes me feel like the song, like if I were running instead of sitting in a chair, the song might actually change based off of how fast I'm going. Is that something that you experienced, or is it only changing to a different song. I guess that's kind of an interesting point. Uh, can you clarify what you mean, actually? So, like, I, I started a song, and it like it started playing, I couldn't hear it, but there was, like, a, a little toggle at the bottom where it said it was 160 beats per minute, which is, what, like, almost three steps a second, two steps a second. Um... 
But then there were little arrows on either side, and I could make it go to 165 or 170 or 175 or 180. Um, and I'm assuming that you do that to kind of set your own pace, but I'm wondering if it would dynamically change if I was actually running. I don't know. I haven't played around with that. I did notice those toggles, but the phone's in my pocket when I'm using it, so I didn't actually play around with the with the interface itself. I, I will have to try that and report back. Um, but you did remind me of something else I wanted to mention, which is I don't know if this was a placebo effect of me trying it and getting excited about new technology or if it legitimately worked, but I did find overall having I did have more energy throughout my run. Like I go on a really? pretty yeah, I, w- I go on a pretty standard um, three mile run just down a street and then back to my apartment. And it seemed to be that I was less winded towards the end of it. And I would like catch a second win when another song came on. And I was like, oh, yeah, this one's great. And again, I don't know if it's a placebo effect that it's like maybe it's in my head that it helps at all, like having the music more closely match my steps. But I seemed to have I was amped up. I had a lot of energy and I felt like I could keep going. Oh, you know what? And towards the end of it, I think the last quarter mile or eighth of a mile I did something I hadn't done since like middle school, which was like full out sprint, just like like I was running for my life, <laughs> just like didn't care about posture. It's like basically like I was getting chased and I just like booked it. Like I felt like I had so much energy left and that was um, really cool for a moment. And then I like got closer <laughs> to my apartment and was like gasping for breath and my stomach felt nauseous and like was dry heaving into the grass on my way in back to the apartment. I was like, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. And then my stomach and knee just hurt for the next like two days just from like all of the activity. So I don't know. It was, it was something where I feel like I did have more energy or I was more pumped up and it, I was going along with the vibe of the songs and it seemed to help a lot, but I'll have to give that more of a chance. Dude, that is fantastic. I, I had no idea that you were running these kinds of distances. Uh, do do you do it very regularly? Um, running is very irregular. Like I said, it, it hurts my knee occasionally. So I try yeah. to, when I get a good streak going on, I'll try to run for a day and then walk the next two days or so just so I'm not stressing my knee out. It might be my shoes, actually. I might need to look into getting better shoes because walking doesn't hurt at all and riding a bike didn't seem that bad either. So. Yeah. Good, good running shoes are key. Yeah, definitely. Um, but so it's, this actually kind of leads into the next topic that we wanted to talk about. Uh, I run pretty frequently and I've been a longtime user of the app Runkeeper in order to keep track of my running analytics, how many miles I'm going and what my pace was and, uh, kind of what, what my route was. And I noticed the other day, uh, I, I started following a few Apple engineers that uh, I was impressed with, with their WWDC session videos. Um, and a couple of them are like on vacation now, which makes sense that they engineer all year and then they prepare for this big talk and then they give their talk and then they're like, I'm going to go to Europe and bike through the mountains for a while. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, They've earned it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I noticed though that a bunch of them were using the app Strava, which I actually had on my phone, but I had never used yet. So I opened it up and I checked it out and it seemed like it had a pretty cool 
interface and I saw that a couple of my friends were using it. And uh, so now I'm actually, uh, and you joined also, and we follow each other. So I'm excited to have you in my running slash biking social network. Um, but it seems like a, a really cool app and kind of a nice alternative to RunKeeper, which has gotten very ad pushy lately, and I haven't been very thrilled with some of the changes that that they've been making. So that they've been making. So I'm uh, I, I did one run with Strava the other day. It was really nice. They have a watch app. So does RunKeeper. Um, but uh, yeah, it seems it seems pretty cool. I like it, and I look forward to seeing your runs tracked on it as well. Yeah, I. So when you set up Strava, Strava. You can um, choose... Is it Strava? Am I saying it wrong? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, okay. Um, you can choose like what your default mode is. I think the two it supports are running and cycling. So I knew I had a bike ride coming up yesterday, so I went ahead and chose the cycling option and opened the app and started up a new uh, recording of my activity when I was about to go on my bike ride. And it has a pretty neat feature where it will auto-pause your um, run or ride, whatever it is, if it detects that you are stationary. Um, so I I was a little, it was a little strange to have to stop my bike and like check the phone and then see like how I was doing, but it would be paused because I wasn't moving. So I was like, okay, that's that's interesting. And it seemed to have like a slight delay on when it would update. So I had biked maybe like a quarter of a mile or something and i went to check the app just make sure it's actually working and it said auto pause and it had like 0.0 miles with like no activity and i was like "Uh oh well i'll just keep going and hopefully it works you know it fills it up at the end so i finished my uh my bike ride i actually did kind of end up hurting my knee a little bit and i went back to the apartment (laughs) And I, I checked out the app and it seemed to like I like I predicted, catch up to the to the ride and filled in all the info. And it also tracked the GPS through my route because I had my phone on me and that seemed very accurate for the first half of the ride. And then I headed home and that was an interesting GPS like blip where it kind of just like created a straight diagonal line through my halfway point to the end. So it didn't like follow the actual route I went through. I didn't dart through neighborhoods and you know, jaywalk across the road or anything <laughs> like that. So I don't know how accurate like the actual data ended up being because that wasn't the route I took. I didn't cut through all of those different streets and stuff. So I I was a little torn about that. Like you mentioned, I thought the interface was really cool, and I did like that there is an auto-pause feature. I don't think I would need to use that if... um that often if i could like check my phone like on my actual bike i don't know i haven't ridden a bike in years so i just i was trying to concentrate on not going over the handlebars uh so i didn't want to like get my phone out and check it like back in the day i could go no handed no problem but now i'm like you know being very cautious uh so i don't know i'm I'm a little tentative on the app right now but i did see you log, log some activity what do you think uh it was great basically the same as RunKeeper. Uh, it's actually really cool. You're able to start a session from the watch, which you might want to try next time. If you go to the Strava app on your watch, there's just one big button and you hit it when you start and then you can check it as you're going. Um, there are a couple of API updates for watch OS 2 that I'm looking forward to. 
Um, and one is an app will be able to say I'm a workout app. And so it won't, uh, like the, the watch has this thing where after 30 seconds, if you look at it, it won't show the app that you are in anymore. It will have gone back to the watch face. And that's a setting that you can toggle, but by default it goes back. Um, and apps will be able to say I'm a workout app. Please don't do that because people are going to want to check me every two or three minutes and they're not going to want to see their watch face. So I'm really excited about that. And it'll kind of help your issue that you talked about, about wanting to see what your pace was. Um, but it's also, there's another API where you're going to be able to say, I'm a workout app. And this person is currently involved in an exercise. Um, and so during that time that the exercise has started, that it will be contributing towards your green exercise ring in your activity app. So r- right now I have to start up Strava slash Strava. Ah, you've gotten in my head now. <laughs> start up Strava and then exit out of that and go to the workout app and start a session there. And then I got to start my podcast also because I'm listening to that. And it's like this whole rigmarole that I have to go through. Uh, but, and then when I get done, I have to stop the podcast. I have to stop my Strava and I have to stop the workout also. And it's kind of a pain. Almost makes it not worthwhile to even go exercising. Not really. Yeah. You know, now that you mentioned it, I did also put up with this pain point and that was pretty frustrating. I also additionally have to make sure my Bluetooth headset is paired before I can get going. So it is like a laundry list of things you have to check before you can actually get going, which is a big pain in the butt. I felt like I was just standing around outside my apartment door for like a minute and a half, just making sure like, Oh, is it tracking? Nope. Well, couldn't find my headphones. I'll try that again. Yeah. And then you mentioned that it didn't track, uh, the activity, activity that I did and map it to that exercise ring uh through through the Apple Watch and I I did go through and like deliberately set up health the app so that it could use Strava's data and I assumed that would kind of do what you're talking about but as as I found out later this was not the case and I had to um I had to go out for another walk after my bike ride so I could actually make my fitness uh, goal for the day. You worked out and it didn't count towards your daily goal for fitness. It's almost like you worked out for nothing. Yeah. Well, sometimes that's how it feels, you know, like it'll get, be like nine fifty five, and I won't be wearing my watch. I'm like, Oh my God, I got to hurry and put it on so I can get the stand or the minute for this hour. And it's like, I re- I know I was standing for this hour, but I want the watch to know I was standing for this hour. Do you have a, a streak going with your activity rings or yes. something? Yeah, I have really? a movement streak, and I will kill myself if it ends. So I have to make sure. <laughs> How big of a streak are we talking? It's like two weeks now. It's like something pretty pretty. Oh my solid. gosh! I, Fantastic. I, I've only moved my goal once though. I I did the default three hundred fifty calories, or I think that's what it is. Um, for the first like month or two, and now I've pushed it to 400 and I've continued to meet it every day since then. So it's a big accomplishment for me. Yeah. Fantastic, man. Good job. Uh, I am bad about my streaks, but my daily activity goal is, uh, is 500 calories. Nice. Yeah. And I, I should 
um, mention that I do not fill the middle ring consistently at all. For standing? No, was, I thought standing. Oh, good point. I'm sorry. The centermost ring I do fill, which is sand, standing. The one between uh, the two other rings I do not, which is exercise. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's a half hour. Is that your goal for that? Yep. Yeah. Uh, last week, I four times out of seven, I filled all three rings. And the other three days were pretty atrocious. But what are you going to do? The baby was probably crying, and I was busy being a fantastic father. I knew you'd blame it on the baby. That means it's easy to blame him for things because he can't defend himself. <laughs> well, <laughs> is that all we got to talk about? I think that's a good good point to end it on, <laughs> your defenseless baby. <laughs> All right, fine. Well, if you want to hear me bag on my baby more, I am on the internet at Adam Comp, as well as www.adamcomp.com. And the podcast is at TechDownFM on Twitter, where you can get up to the minute news about when we post new podcasts. Hey, what's the deal with the lack of updates on AdamComp.com? Hey, what's the deal with airline food? Don't you, Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, your way out of this one? (laughs) (laughs) That trick has worked on you in the past. I thought that it would work this time. Uh, I, so, okay. So I have a couple of things that I can do with my life and I can list them really quickly. That's one thing. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Listing things. So I can sleep. I can take care of my baby. I can exercise, I can code, and I can watch TV or a movie. And I can only uh, do a couple of those things. And sometimes I don't have the energy to do some of them. Uh, And so I have been lowering the priority of updating things on adamcomp.com. I want to write things. I just, I can't find the time and the energy right now. I need to uh, get, get better about prioritizing it above other things. Yeah, you need to uh, have less blurbs on smaller news pieces and, like, save up all your writing energy on, like, one big post. Like, just, you know, like, put a link out to the podcast when it comes out, but then, like, just drop a monster technical article every once in a while. Mm. I think think that'd be a good balance. You should try that. All right, well, it, it is motivating for you to call me out on not updating. I appreciate that. So maybe I'll I'll find the motivation. I'll stay up an hour later at night so my ass can drag in the morning and I'll have a blog post or two. Yeah, thank you. That's all I'm asking. Cool. Uh, so I also have a website which does not have to be updated. So I, you know, I've com- safely, uh, you know, protected myself. You've circumvented that whole issue. Yep. That's why I could really easily call you out. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Um, and if you want to go to my website, it is AaronComp.com. I'm also on Twitter, which is at AaronComp. And I, I don't know, you may have mentioned uh, the podcast also has a Twitter handle, which is TechDownFM. I did, but you retweeted it, which is great. Thanks for that. 